Hey, and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you've been inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. I want to read a story today out of um, 1 Samuel. So if you turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel. First Samuel chapter 4. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, Eli, who was uh, he's one of the final judges and um, priests in Israel. And, uh, and uh, before the kings came along. He was just before uh, King Saul was, was um, anointed. And he had two sons, and his sons' names were Hophni and Phinehas. And they were also priests. And they were actually really corrupt, these guys. And uh, Eli became aware of his son's behavior and dishonoring sacrifice and sleeping with women who came into the temple to pray. And, but he didn't resolve this evil. He confronted it, but he didn't resolve it. And, um, and while Eli was judge of Israel, they were at war with the Philistines. So I want to pick it up at, at chapter 4. The Philistines marched out to meet Israel. The fighting spread. And Israel was badly beaten. About 4,000 soldiers left dead on the field. When the troops returned to camp, Israel's elders said, Why has God given us such a beating today by the Philistines? Let's go to Shiloh and get the Ark of the Covenant. It will accompany us and save us from the grip of our enemies. So the army sent orders to Shiloh and they brought the Ark of the Covenant where the Lord dwells. And Eli, his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, also accompanied the ark to where the Israelites were camped. Now when the ark of the covenant was brought into the camp, all of Israel shouted so loudly that the ground shook. And the Philistines heard the shouting and wondered what on earth was going on. What is all this shouting among the Hebrews? And then they learned that the ark of God had entered the Hebrew camp. And the Philistines panicked. The gods have come to their camp. Nothing like this has ever happened before. We're done for. Who can save us from the clutches of these gods? These are the same gods who hit the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues out of the wilderness. Now the Ark of the Covenant is sometimes called the Ark of the Testimony because it contained the Ten Commandments, tablets, contained Aaron's rod and it also contained some manna. Now it says that God dwelt between the cherubim. Sitting on the top of the ark was these two golden cherubim angels. And God, God sat in between the two cherubim. Now when the Israelites saw the ark, they were reminded of the power of God and thought that with God there, with them, they could defeat the Philistines. Isn't it amazing that when we declare the name of God, when we shout the name of God, when we, when we sing his praises, it sends fear into the, into the mind of the enemy. You know, I was, I was at the, I mentioned a week ago, that I was at the State of Origin a few weeks ago. And the whole crowd, there was this one guy's name by the name of Paul Gallen, and he's, he was the captain of New South Wales. And the whole crowd of Queenslanders was chanting this derogatory thing towards Paul Gallen. They weren't screaming out for Queensland, they were, sh- they were firing a fiery dart at the enemy captain. And when you look at this Paul Gallon on the screen, he was loving it. They hated him 
and he loved it. The more attention, didn't matter whether it was negative or positive that they gave him, he was loving it and he was getting bigger on the anger of the Queensland fans and he was getting angrier and angrier. And um, I really feel like God wants to teach us something. He's saying, you know, there's a shout that puts fear into the heart of the enemy and it's not an attack on the enemy, it's when we praise and glorify God. And they not only can, they not only can hit, they may not even see us, but they can hear it in our lives. They can, they can understand that. What is that shout in the people of God? What is that shout in the people of God that is, that is making the ground rumble around them? See, God wants us to be people of praise. He wants us to be people who declare his name. He says, look, there's an enemy out there and don't spend all of your time yelling at him. Spend all of your time declaring my greatness. And when you get an understanding of my greatness, you will put him in his right perspective. And God wants you to know that. He wants you to lift up his name. And as you lift up his name, the weak start beginning to say that I am strong. Let's keep going. interesting um you know people who understand god's testimony understand his greatness and his wisdom we saw it in the in the um in the uh, spies that went over into the promised land what did they see when you go over in the name of god like joshua and caleb said let us take the land for we are well able they understood the goodness of god but the, the other 10 spies says we are like grasshoppers in their sight and therefore we are like grasshoppers in our sight therefore let's get out of here you know, God wants us to focus on his size, not the size of the enemy. When we focus on the size of the enemy, they start to look pretty big and we start to look pretty small. When we focus on the size of God, everything looks small. And then once we put it in right perspective and we know that he is with us, then we say, let us go and take the land. Let us go and take what he's called us to take, for we are well able. Why are we well able? Because we go in his name. So the Philistines knew what God had done and trembled at the thought of him intervening. This is what comes interesting now. Did they run away or get consumed by his greatness? Let's see what happens. On your feet, Philistines, courage. We're about to become slaves to the Hebrews, just as they have been slaves to us. Show what you're made of. Fight for your lives. And did they ever fight? And it turned into a rue. They thrashed Israel so mercilessly that the Israel soldiers ran for their lives, leading behind an incredible 30,000 dead Israelites. And as if this wasn't bad enough, the ark of the Lord was taken. The two sons of of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were killed. And when a messenger went back to Eli and told him about the battle and the ark and his sons, he fell off his chair hit his head on the ground and died. It's interesting, isn't it? These guys, they had the presence of God with them. They had a shout. They had the declaration of his praise. Yet they were defeated more than they were defeated when they didn't have God in their midst. See, God has called us to be people who have a shout. Don't lose, don't lose the truth that we just learned about having a shout of praise. But there's more, he's saying. There's more. And it's interesting that, that um, Robin, Robin got up this morning and, and prophesied. He says, there is so much blessing for you. And the, and the cause of that blessing is obedience to his ways. 
See, when I was in my, when I was watching those videos when I was a kid, and my father would walk in the house, or walk in from, he'd come down from his office and he'd stand with us. You know, I was always aware that was, I was in my father's house and that he was present and that he was my provider and that if I needed anything, that he was there for me. But that went hand in hand with an awareness of his ways, with an awareness of his, of his wisdom. And I knew, you know, I knew what he stood for. I knew his standards. I knew the, the level of, um, of purity that he wanted in his household. So when something came up, I sensed his presence. And God, God said, my presence isn't enough, he says, because my presence is everywhere. You know, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. See, we, have a, we, we, gain, we gain an awareness of, of that he is here, but when we gain an awareness of he, that he is here, we also gain an awareness of his ways. That's why we get into his word, because we want to know God's ways. And he's called us to understand his ways, and he called Eli to deal with his son's issues of, his, of their lives. He called Eli to deal with the, the challenges that they were having around at the temple, and Eli didn't deal with it properly. And God says, because you didn't obey me, you will lose and Israel will lose. See, we can have the good, we can have the, we can worship and praise and do Almighty God, but He's called us to be obedient to His Word. He's called us to understand His ways and to walk in His purity and His truth. This isn't a matter of salvation. We just need to believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that we're saved. This is about peace on earth. This is about victory on earth. He says, if you, if, you want to, if you want eternal life, believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. If you want peace on earth, say, get into my presence and, and seek to be obedient according to my ways. See, not confronting issues can be as detrimental as the issue itself. See, there's issues in our lives. And uh, God has called us to confront those things. You know, he says, I'm bringing, this is what the, the prophet Samuel said about to Eli. He says, I'm bringing judgment on this family for good. He knew what was going on. That's Eli. That his sons were desecrating God's name and God's place and he did nothing to stop them. Don't worry about this. We can learn from their mistakes. We can be overcomers. See, what was missing? We know that we can build our faith and, fit and send fear into the heart of the enemy with our testimony and his presence. But the Lord says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. He wants us to, to be people who stand for what he stands for. And they call it the ark of the testimony because of what it carried. Not only did it carry the, the, the picture of the provision of God, it also carried the Ten Commandments or the wisdom of God. So he wants us to walk in the understanding of his power and also the understanding of his principles. And he, as they go hand in hand, we gain authority and it releases his goodness. Israel went into the battle without the ark, without his presence, and got a hiding 4,000 men. So when they needed help, they sought God's protection. And then with the ark, which increased their faith, they lost 30,000 men. Wow. I think God's he's, he's giving us some wisdom, and he says he wants us to know that if we only seek him when we need something, sometimes we may even be worth, worse off. See, he's called us. We're not here to seek just God's welfare. We're here to worship the King of all kings. 
See, we're, God, God can, he gives us manna from heaven. He gives us a word of hope. He gives us all these things. But he's called us to seek and worship him and his kingdom. He's called us to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And then he will take care of the welfare. He wants us to, he wants us to realign our focus. He wants us to get on track where we're, where we're seeking his kingdom, we're seeking his presence, and we're also seeking his righteousness. So what does it mean for us today? John the Baptist said this, he says, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now I just want to talk to you a little bit about repentance. Repentance is all about confronting things. We, sometimes we think of it, um, repentance, as apologizing to God or apologizing to someone for the things that we've done. See, it's, you know, we may apologize because of, because of our repentance, but it's a very, they're two very different things. Repentance is simply confronting the way you think and then changing the way you think and living according to what, you're, what you now think. So when John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, he is saying it is time to confront everything you believe and look at it through the person of Jesus Christ. Take everything that you believe, everything that you've heard, every attitude, every understanding that you've got and filter it through the person of Jesus Christ. And when we filter it through him, we go through the process of repentance and changing what we believe and living according to our new beliefs, not our old beliefs. We stop trying to declare that the enemy is weak and we start declaring the goodness of God. He's saying, get ready because grace is coming to town and everything is changing. See, it's a matter of grace and of truth, not of defeating the enemy. The enemy has already been defeated. We're no longer slaves, but we're the light of the world. We're no longer invisible. We're the city on a hill, and he's calling us to act like what he has declared over us. He's calling to repent of seeing ourselves as small and understanding that the creator of all life lives within us. He's saying no longer is our battle against flesh and blood, but it is a spiritual battle, and our weapon is truth. The word of God. Isaiah prophesied that those in God's kingdom would take their weapons of war and change them into tools of cultivation. So no longer do we we look at the, the law as showing us how weak we are. We look at it as the wisdom of God. We look at it as the opportunity to speak life into people's lives. We look at we look at things like the Sabbath. And we gain a new understanding. It's not the Lord saying you're not allowed to work on that. He's saying you've been, Israel was slaves in Egypt for for 400 years. They were working seven days a week for 400 years. God's saying, how about you have a day off now? See, we look at, sometimes we look at the law as a restriction and God has given it to us as liberty. He wants us to understand the freedom of his principles that go along with with the power of his authority. See, repentance is less about your sin and more about what you believe. See, it's not your sin that's stopping you doing anything in life. It's what you believe that's stopping you doing things in life. 
He's confronting your beliefs. Repentance confronts your beliefs. It doesn't confront your sin. Your sin was dealt with on the cross. He's saying, confront what you believe. What do you believe, church? What do you believe about going forward? What do you believe about the opportunities? What do you believe about the liberty that you walk in and the hope that he has for you? He's saying, what do you believe? He said, I took care of your sin. He said, on the cross, it is finished. So repentance is about us stepping up into these new beliefs and these new opportunities that he has for us. See, when we give testimony, our faith is strengthened. And when the enemy hears the testimony, they are afraid. And the blood of the Lamb, which is his grace, we access through what we believe. Testimony builds our faith, yet to overcome, we have, to, we have the responsibility to confront and deal with what we believe. Question is not what sin is in your life. The question is what are you believing outside of God's kingdom? What do you believe that is blocking you? What do you believe about the people in your lives? What do you believe about the, about lack? What do you believe about these things? God is saying it's time to stop looking at the lack and start looking at the provision. It's time to stop looking at the off of the offenses in your life and start looking at the opportunities in your life. What we believe influences the way we live. This is why it says in 2 Peter 1.5, With all diligence, add to your faith virtue, which is moral excellence. Add to, your, add to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. See, these are the building blocks of an overcomer. See, Eli showed knowledge and perseverance and love to his sons. But he didn't confront them with virtue. He didn't confront them with moral excellence. See, we can, God has called us. He's called us to arise and to step and to live according to the principles of heaven. He's saying, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. It doesn't say those who are righteous will be filled. It says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. So he says in his statement about arising, there's grace in that statement. He's saying, you don't need to be perfect to be filled. You need to be hungry to be like me, and then you will receive the filling of, of, of my goodness. As we seek to see God move through our lives, we must learn to confront every aspect of our lives. The question is, what aspects of our lives do we need to, do we need to confront? Hebrews says he rewards those who diligently seek him. It's the same word as, as First Peter, Second Peter. It's diligence, isn't it? We diligently seek Him by adding virtue, faith, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. God has call, called us to step into these things. He's called us to step up, not for judgment. He's, he's, there is no judgment in this. He's called. He wants you to be. He wants you to thrive. He says, "I've I've come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly." So he's not talking about your salvation here. Some, the enemy wants to tap you on the shoulder and say, you're not saved right now. God is saying, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're saved. That's off the table right now. What he's saying is, I want you to thrive on earth. I want you to deal with the anxiety and the depression and the, the guilt and the shame and the unbelief that the enemy's put on you. He says, I want you to be free from that so you can stand tall today in Jesus' name and live the life that he's called you to live. See, when he created you, he created you with, with purpose and with, with life, and the enemy wants to rob you of that. 
And it's the way we acknowledge or the way we confront our beliefs in life that set us free from the lies of the enemy. By grace you are saved through faith. Full stop. Your salvation is done. It is finished. Your sin is dealt with. It is your beliefs that are being challenged today. What do you believe about what you can do? What do you believe about how the church can influence society? What do you believe about, about healing the sick? What do you believe about the finances in your bank account? What do you believe about the person that you're praying for? He's challenging your beliefs. He's given his son to set you free so that you can walk in a new set of beliefs and he wants you to arise and start believing what he has said about you and not believing what the enemy is trying to tell lies about you. Just remember too that this is for you. He's not asking you to add to someone else's virtue knowledge, to someone else's knowledge, self-control or perseverance. He's talking to you. So receive this word and just repent and ask for forgiveness for that person you're thinking of right now. This is for you. Why doesn't the band jump up? I am an overcomer. Are you an overcomer? I am an overcomer. We are overcomers in Jesus' name. And we overcome by the blood of Jesus and the speaking of testimony. These are the things that we overcome with. We overcome when we believe what he has done, when we believe what he is capable of. And I give God all my thanks, my praise, my worship because of what he has already done. And I shout it. I love it when we sing. I love it when the the band calls us to, to shout a shout of praise because there is so much to praise him about. And when we praise him, we send fear into the mind of the enemy. See, he is afraid when the people of God get a shout of praise in them. He's full of fear. But is he going to stop coming? Did the Philistines stop coming when the Israelites got a shout in them? He doesn't stop coming. He's afraid, but he's still coming because he knows he doesn't have much time left. So he's going to come. He knows that he's finished, that he's been defeated. So he's going to keep coming. So God's called you to have an awareness of his presence and get an awareness of his ways. And as we live those things together, as we understand that we are free, that we are saved, and we understand that he has called us to stand above and to rise up, and to live according to a new set of principles and a new set of beliefs with a new confidence, then we will see the enemy defeated on earth as it is in heaven. See, in the heavenlies, the enemy has been defeated. On earth, he has called us to be the the overcomers, overcomers of the accusations, overcomers of the lies. You are called, says the Lord. Do you believe it? Do you believe you're called? I am called. We need to declare it. See, the word of the testimony sometimes is the word of what Jesus has said over us, of what God has said over you. He says, I have called you. I have called you. You are my people. You are my family. You are the body of Christ. You are saved. You are free. Do you believe it? He wants you to believe it. He's confronting your beliefs. He's saying, What do you believe that is outside of my will? It's time to confront what we believe. See, Eli didn't confront his sons. He he didn't deal with the sons' challenges that they had, the things that they were doing that weren't right. And God is saying, this for you is about your beliefs. What What do you believe right now that is blocking you from walking in your inheritance? 
because he wants to bless you with his inheritance. But even though he was in the midst of the Israelites, he couldn't let them win because they just wanted the, the power of God without the ways of God. And he's called us to be a people. He's called us to be a city on a hill, the light of the world. See, when he's called you to stand up and arise, you become visible. So every time someone makes a mistake in the church, it's visible all around the world. Every time a church leader falls, it's visible everywhere. Why? Because we are the city on a hill. And he's called us to operate at a different level because he's given us a different set of beliefs. He's called you to arise, to be above reproach. And he's called, he's called you to believe what no one else will believe. He says, you are my people. And he's saying, his eyes are the, it says, you know, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro looking for those who are loyal to his ways, his purposes, so that what? So that he can strengthen them. And when he strengthens you, you're unstoppable. Why don't you stand with me? Let me pray with you today. Father, we choose to access the blood of the Lamb by confronting our beliefs today, Lord. We choose to confront anything in our lives that doesn't align with you. We choose to worship your greatness, Father. We choose to worship that you are the giver of life, that you are the redeemer, the reconciler, that you are the creator, that you are, when you speak, it happens, Lord. We worship you, Father. Father, we thank you that your presence is with us. Lord, we ask that you would highlight to our lives the beliefs that are robbing us, Father, from victory, Lord. Father, we choose you today. We thank you that your goodness knows no bounds. We thank you that your, that your love is supreme, Father. We thank you that your grace has come to town and we receive it in Jesus' name. You know... We, we, we talked a little bit about that message not being about salvation. But at the end of the day, salvation is the first step. So every week we like to give an opportunity for anyone who doesn't know Christ as their saviour. So if that's you right now, I'd love, to, I'd love to pray with you and lead you in a prayer to build a relationship with Jesus Christ as your saviour. So if that's you, why don't you raise your hand right now? If you'd like to know Jesus as your saviour, if you'd like to step into this life that we're talking about, of victory, where, where the things of this world, like Ben said, grow strangely dim, why don't you put up your hand right now and let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just glorify you. We thank you, Father. We thank you that when you died on the cross, you dealt with our sin. Father, we thank you that it is no longer about our sin, Father. So we submit to you our beliefs. We submit to you our challenges, our offenses, our brokenness, our lack, Father. Lord, and we submit to them the beliefs that you have given us, Father. We submit to them the truth of heaven, that you are the provider, that you are mighty, Father, that as we're obedient to you, we walk in your blessing, Father. We submit our lack to your provision. We submit our anxiety to your strength. Lord, we submit our depression to the joy of the Lord, Father. We submit our, our lack of understanding to the revelation of heaven, Father. So we thank you, Father, that we are the children of the Almighty God and that we walk in your truth, Father, and that we are the people of the house of God. And this is a house of prayer that declares your goodness. And we humble ourselves before that right now in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.